Hi, welcome to the Let's Talk Exascale podcast from the U.S. Department of Energy's Exascale Computing Project. I'm your host, Scott Gibson. A special thanks to Jeremy Thomas for his input concerning this episode on the upcoming El Capitan Exascale Supercomputer at Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory, or LLNL. Jeremy is the Public Information Officer for Engineering and Computing at LLNL. El Capitan, LLNL's first Exascale-class supercomputer, is projected to exceed two exaflops, which is two quintillion floating point operations per second of peak performance. When the exascale era arrives at LLNL, researchers will be able to more efficiently model and simulate complex physics with a level of detail, accuracy, and realism not possible today. Our guest is Bronis R.D. Sapinski. Bronis is Chief Technology Officer for Livermore Computing at LLNL. He formulates LLNL's large-scale computing strategy and oversees its implementation. He frequently interacts with supercomputing leaders and oversees many collaborations with industry and academia. Previously, Bronis led several research projects in LLNL's Center for Applied Scientific Computing. He earned his PhD in computer science from the University of Virginia in 1998, and he joined LLNL in July 1998. In addition to his work with LLNL, Bronis is a professor of exascale computing at Queen's University, Belfast. Throughout his career, Bronis has won several awards. This includes the prestigious Gordon Bell Prize in 2005 and 2006, as well as two R&D 100s. He is a fellow of the ACM and IEEE. Welcome, Bronis. Thank you. Thanks. Good to be here. Great. Well, let's get going here talking about El Capitan. Um, let's find out how is the siding process going for El Capitan? Going well, um, you know, we, we had to first start with a big uh, project for uh, getting the whole building ready that was called the Exascale Computing Facility Modernization Project that Anna Maria Bailey led for Livermore. Um, and that has increased the uh, power available on our in our main uh, compute, in our main data center, on our main compute floor, to 85 megawatts, and that that's been done for about a year now. Um, that also gives us about another 15 megawatts for um, cooling. So we actually have a 100 megawatt data center now. Um, since then, then there's also, of course, um, preparations to for the system itself. Like that 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 upgraded the the building. And then in, inside the building, we need to, you know, deploy uh, water for the um, primary cooling loop and uh, do some upgrades to the electrical system that, that actually brings the power from the, you know, from the wall all the way to the, the system. And that basically also just finished about a week or so ago. Um, and so that's all now done. And, we're now ready to start citing the computer in, in our machinery. All right. Well, how is El Capitan going to impact Livermore Labs' core mission of national nuclear security? So we, we expect El Cap to kind of be a, a transformative system. So, um, what, what so our, our our existing system is Sierra, and uh, one of my happiest moments was when I heard members of our code team state that um, 
Sierra was really the first system that they found truly transformative in that it, it had actually made it so that um, 3D uh, simulations are, are now fairly routine. Um, they can complete them in, in a reasonable period of time. Um, with El Capitan, it's going to significantly increase the capability that, that we provide in, to, to our users. And I expect it'll take, um, again, make, have, have a similar transformation in that now they'll be able to, to run those so routinely that they'll be able to use them in uncertainty quantification on, on a very rapid turnaround basis. Will there be an unclassified companion system for El Capitan like you have with Lassen and uh, uh, for Sierra? Lassen, yeah. yeah. Lassen, it's, it's uh, a park in uh, Northern California near uh, Lake oh, Shasta. Okay. Um, so yes, we're planning to, to get a, uh, an unclassified system that will be called Tuolumne. Um, so, um, most regular, we pretty regularly take the names for our, our biggest systems from uh, landmarks related to California and, and mountains. El Capitan, of course, is an iconic uh, um, rock face in, in Yosemite. Uh, Tuolumne, uh, Tuolumne Meadows is a uh, uh, nice area up kind of near the highest point in Yosemite. It's uh, near the Tioga Pass. Um, and so, yep, we'll have a system. It'll be, uh, I don't know, roughly 10%, 10, between 10 to 15% of the size of, of El Capitan. All right. With the recent success at LLNL of fusion ignition, Will El Capitan be used for fusion research? Some. Primarily, El Cap will be used for the, the advanced simulation and computing program for the stockpile stewardship mission. Uh, but we are, we do have a team actively working on uh, a, an application that they call IceCap. Um, and that uses a variety of techniques to uh, simulate the, the NIF beams and um, Hopefully, um, the the goal with that with that set of simulations is to um, understand the the fusion process, the the ignition process sufficiently that that we can make um, achieving uh, energy gain a regular occurrence with with NIF. So NIF, of course, is the National Ignition Facility, which is where the the big uh, fusion experiments in taking place. What other scientific areas might benefit from the capabilities of El Capitan? El Capitan will, will be pretty heavily used pretty much, not, not quite exclusively, but nearly exclusively for stockpile stewardship. Um, Tuolumne will, will be contributing more to uh, the wider range of, of, of scientific areas. Um, now, there's a, a wide range of, of scientific disciplines that, that get explored as part of stockpile stewardship. There's a lot of materials modeling, um, so a lot of um, 
you know, just kind of basic ways that the universe fits together. Um, we, we've typically had, you know, a wide range of uh, molecular dynamics, um, some QCD get run on the system, um, seismic modeling. Uh, what will probably happen is, is that, um, you know, those sorts of applications, climate and that sort of thing, will, will run on Tuolumne. And, um, you know, if there's a, a particular case to be made, we, we can occasionally provide uh, for briefer runs on, on the big system. What is the role of, of AI going to be on El Capitan? And uh, moving forward, even beyond El Capitan, what do you see as the, the role of AI? So the ice cap application that I mentioned is, is actually um, uh, uses AI. So, so we've very actively been exploring uh, cognitive simulation, which is where we use um, uh, AI techniques, primarily uh, deep neural networks, to um, short circuit the need to do detailed physics simulations of some aspects of, of these large multi-physics simulations. So um, ICECAP is using a, a model called the Hermit model that uh, models portions of, of um, the, the overall ignition process. I don't think I want to get into all the details of what it what it does, but we're, we're actively looking at, at ways. So, so I mentioned uncertainty quantification. That's where we run a, a, a wide range of, of you know, a, basically a parameter sweep of a, a specific type of simulation and then try to understand the uncertainties involved in that simulation. And so um, we, we tend to use uh, AI models to guide those simulations, you know, guide the parameter choices in those simulations. Uh, then we also, um, in ICECAP, it's actually uh, doing, using AI at the kind of lowest level of the simulation, um, right within the inner loop of the simulation to um, simulate uh, specific physical uh, aspects. Okay. What can you tell us about the El Capitan software? I think uh, TOS, RHEL, SPAC, Flux. Yeah, so um, we, we cite um, a, a pretty large set of, of, of systems at Livermore, uh, not just uh, systems like Sierra and El Capitan, which are uh, ASC, uh, Advanced Technology Systems, or ATSs, but also um, many uh, just more ordinary Linux clusters. Um, most of those are, are bought through our commodity technology system procurement. And so um, that has, has for years been running TOS for system management, which is based, um, which is uh, based directly off of the RHEL or Red Hat Enterprise Linux uh, distribution. So um, initially, LCAP will be running RHEL 8, and, and um, not too long after we cite it, we'll, we'll move over to RHEL 9. Um, and then TOS will, will be the um, 
mechanism by which um, you know all, all the system management functions are handled. Um, you mentioned Flux, so uh, Flux is, is the Livermore's next generation resource manager. Um, uh, TOS has, has traditionally used Slurm as, as its resource manager, but it's we um, some years ago now we're looking at, at um, what we saw coming in, in future systems and um, what it would take to, to adapt Swarm to really support those capabilities. Um, we found that it, it was going to be too difficult. Swarm was originally developed at Livermore, um, but we decided that, that it's sort of node-centric view um, and, and relatively homogeneous node-centric view of the world wasn't going to work. Um, for El Capitan, we're, we're getting, in addition to um, a fairly large number of compute nodes. We're also getting um, something called uh, rabbit nodes, which um, I, I like to think of as data analysis nodes. They are um, connected over PCIe to the compute nodes, to, to a subset of compute nodes. Basically, um, each set of compute nodes in, in one of the HP Olympus cabinets is then connected to a, a rabbit module that. Uh, consists of um, several NVMe SSDs and um, also a, an AMD EPIC processor. And um, in, in order to uh, make use of, of that capability, so it, it's, it's a near-node local storage capability, we need to be able to allocate that storage as part of a compute job and also uh, understand which um, Rabbit processors, which of the epics are, are associated with that compute job. And Slurm wasn't going to be able to handle that. When we asked uh, AMD, I mean HPE, to, to provide the appropriate uh, resource management support for it, they uh, talked with SCEDMD about it, and, and it worked out that they were not going to be able to, as we kind of expected, make Slurm support that that type of varied allocations within a single job uh, work within Slurm. So uh, we, were, we were quite happy that we had been developing Flux, and now uh, we're, we'll be using Flux as our resource manager uh, in El Capitan. We've already got Flux deployed as the system-level resource manager on um, some of our ES3 systems, um, as well as, uh, as some other uh, CTS system, some other CTS, you know, commodity technology systems at, at Livermore. Mm -hmm. um, Flux is also, it, so it, it has a unique design. It, it, it's a hierarchical resource management uh, framework. So um, within a Flux instance, you can create additional Flux instances. And so that, that allows us to um, actually run it at, at, at user level, and it's been used quite widely already for that. It has had ECP funding uh, that's primarily funded um, um, building it into making it so that other um, so ECP applications could use it to, to do things like UQ runs um, to manage um, a partition that they get allocated potentially under a different resource manager. 
So will you describe for us uh, what the effort is as far as porting codes, uh, Raja, uh, over to El Capitan? So COE is the center of excellence, and that's, that's a uh, basic mechanism under which we, our application teams and, and our uh, software experts in general are interacting with HPE and AMD. Uh, okay. So Raja is a port portability suite built on uh, C++ abstractions, primarily lambdas, that many of our applications in, in the um, process of porting from uh, primarily CPUs prior to our Sierra system um, have adopted in order to be able to run on, on GPUs and, and basically be able to uh, simplify the effort involved in porting to, to new systems. It's similar to the COCOS uh, infrastructure that, that's produced at Sandia. They're, the two, Raja and COCOS, are actually very similar. In general, um, uh, our application teams have found uh, preparations for uh, AMD GPUs to be pretty straightforward. Um, we largely credit the use of Raja for that. Um, our application teams basically spent three to five years getting ready to, to run on Sierra, um, and the effort that's been involved in terms of man months has been more like three to five months, uh, man months, to uh, be ready to run on um, AMD GPU. So our EAS3s are... Um, systems that are very similar to Frontier. Uh, they have MI250X GPUs, um, uh, Trento CPUs. They're, they're just about identical. They don't have the uh, uh, on-node uh, SSDs. Instead, we're deploying rabbits into those systems as, so that we can get ready for using those in, in El Capitan. Uh, but our, our teams have, have really found the experience getting ready to use um, the AMD GPUs and as a result getting ready to use El Capitan um, greatly simplified. If you will, please describe for us the progress that's been made on the programming environment. Well, there's always challenges in, in programming environments, uh, but, you know, I mean, I, I think the there, there's significant progress that's been made, and, and I think the, the ease with, with which our, our teams have been able to, to get up and running on the A and B GPUs really speaks to that. <laughs> we discussed for us the, the partnership with HPE and AMD in getting El Capitan to this point. Well, it's been a really good partnership. There's been a, a lot of education on, on um, all sides. This is... Uh, you know, really, the the first really large system that that we've bought from HPE is the you know I mean H, HPE acquired Cray, um, Cray. Um, the last time a, a big system was was deployed at Livermore was before I started working at Livermore, so more than 25 years ago, um, and yeah, we we've we've had smaller Cray systems and, and other also systems from HPE in that interim. But 
not one quite this size. Um, we've also had some systems with AMD processors on them, but um, this is the biggest system we, we've done in, in maybe, well, it, it certainly is the biggest system in basically every way you, you would measure it, uh, not just the capability, which kind of reflects an inexorable march on of time. Um, so so that it's been a learning experience. Um, they're both have, have been really great to work with. Um, there's definitely been um, an ed education process with HPE. Um, we, we right away told them that, that we plan to run Red Hat on our systems uh, and that, that we meant everywhere on every node and every type of node was something we had to convince them about. Um, but um, now that, that we've convinced them, uh, they're, they're, they're working hard with us on that. We've uh, been able to get them to actually deploy TOS on systems uh, at Chippewa Falls and uh, been able to have them shipped to us with TOS already deployed. So that's, that's, that's been really good. Um, AMD is, is really great to work with. They're quite open. Um, they, uh, they bring a lot of interest and ideas to the table. Um, and when we ask, when we tell them what, what we want to get done, they uh, really help us figure out how to get it done. Um, now, here I'm asking for a summary because I know it's it's a big thing to ask, but uh, what did it take to, to get Livermore Computing Facility ready for El Capitan, if you had to put that in a relatively few amount of words? Well, uh, I mean, the, the ECFM project that I mentioned was a huge effort. Um, most of that took place during the pandemic, so I, I think uh, Anna Maria yeah. and her team deserve uh, topmost kudos for, for managing to, to upgrade um, our, our power capability, power and cooling by basically, you know, basically doubling them roughly. Um, while uh, very few people were able to be on site, that, that's a huge effort. Um, there's been several years that, that we've all been involved working closely with HPE and AMD, uh, figuring out what we're going to need to do to be able to run on the system well, how it should look, what we want the system to look like. Um, you know, you don't, you don't deploy a system of this size and capability without really involving the entire center. So, you know, we've got on the order of 120 employees in, in Livermore Computing. Uh, in addition, we work closely with uh, the Center for Applied Scientific Computing and a large number of those people have been involved. So um, it really requires, you know, everybody pulling in the same direction for multiple years. All right. I want to um, step back in time to path forward. That program was critical to ECP's co-design process, which brought together technical expertise from diverse sources for collaboration in co-design. And you led that effort uh, within ECP. Will you tell us more about Path Forward from years ago and the impact uh, it had on ECP? Sure. Well, you know, Path Forward was on the order of a $300 million advanced R&D project. Um, and that's in addition to uh, non-recurring engineering 
that's been funded by the for the exascale systems. And so that that was really advanced preparations for um, getting the the uh, ecosystem ready to to offer what we would require for um, fielding successful uh, exascale systems. Uh, it funded uh, six different uh, companies. So if I think about it, I can probably name them all. Uh, obviously, Cray, HPE, AMD, and Intel, uh, IBM, and NVIDIA. So those are the six companies. Um, not all of them have had um, success in, in exascale system procurement, but all of them uh, were part of you know, we, we saw technology from all of those projects offered in uh, systems that we could have chosen for the exascale systems. So um, the projects were quite successful at, at uh, making major impacts on the um, uh, computing ecosystem, the large-scale computing ecosystem in the U.S. Um, we're actually seeing uh, significant uh, technology uh, from those projects in the systems that we're citing. Um, there, there is, I believe, some technology that, that Intel is fielding uh, for the Aurora system. There's quite a bit that's being uh, used already in the Frontier system at Oak Ridge, and, um, uh, and the El Capitan system wouldn't look anything like what it's going to look like without that, pro without that project. So, to give you some specific examples for LCAP, um, we'll be using the HPE, formerly Cray, Slingshot Network in El Capitan. So that's, um, you know, significant portions of, of that networking technology were developed through ECP funding. Um, we are also um, in, in AMD technology. So we'll be using the uh, MI300A, or and the A is for APU, which is Accelerated Processing Unit, which uh, provides um, integrated uh, CPU and GPU technology on the same package. So it's uh, using uh, CPU chiplets and GPU chiplets all together to form a, a single processing unit. Um, and and um, that, Type of technology would not have been available uh, for El Capitan without uh, work that AMD did under Path Forward. Is there anything you would add about? You mentioned the word ecosystem. Uh, are there other things that you would um, credit ECP with in terms of really uh, laying the groundwork for El Capitan to become a reality? Anything you'd particularly like to mention? Significant parts of our software base have been involved in ECP. Um, so we've already discussed Flux, but that got significant funding through ECP. It's also been funded before that through the uh -huh. ASC program. Uh, several of the application teams have, have had some funding that's been included in the ECP umbrella. Um, there's been uh, in addition, uh, Cocos and Raja that we already mentioned also have received ECP funding. Um, 
So, you know, without, without those back funding, um, El Capitan wouldn't be going to, wouldn't, we wouldn't be ready to site El Capitan. Uh, another area that I've been involved in is, is OpenMP and the SOLVE project under ECP has funded the development of um, a wide range of OpenMP technology. Um, I, I've been involved, I, I'm the chair of the OpenMP language committee. Um, and so that's funded um, a lot of interactions with uh, ECP application teams and understanding their needs for OpenMP and ensuring that the latest versions of the OpenMP specification reflect their needs. It's funded a lot of work for um, developing OpenMP technologies in LLVM, which um, is, is really the, the backbone of, of the compiler uh, infrastructure for um, El Capitan. So um, the Cray compiler, um, they use their own software base for their Fortran compiler, but they now are, are based on LLVM for C and C++. In addition, the AMD compiler suite uses uh, LLVM, so it's benefited a lot from uh, the ECP work to improve OpenMP uh, in LLVM. Uh, and Solve also developed uh, an OpenMP uh, correctness test suite that's uh, used, that was used to, for Frontier and will be used for El Capitan to verify that um, those compiler suites are implementing the uh, OpenMP specification correctly. So pretty much, you know, soup to nuts. A lot, a lot of the software work um, directly has impacted um, El Cap, I would say. That's great, a great answer. I wanted to ask if there's anything else that you'd like to cover that hasn't been discussed. You know, I, I mentioned that that uh, I, I, my one of my proudest moments was hearing that Sierra was transformative for our application teams. I'm really hoping to to hear similar reviews once uh, El Capitan is cited and accepted and and uh, moved to our classified network and and put in the hands of our our users for their production work. Um, I, I, I really expect that it will um, provide a, a, a real um, significant change in the way they're able to get their work done. Um, it's going to be uh, one of the most capable uh, systems on the planet, if not the most capable system on the planet. Um, and in terms of its ability to, to uh, allow our application teams to get their day-to-day -day work done and to move forward with uh, cognitive simulation. Um, it, its capability in terms of, of AI will be uh, thoroughly unprecedented and quite confident. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Bronis. Thank you for having me.